This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Five pedestrian deaths on Toronto streets this week alone. What can we do to stop the carnage? A 25-year-old woman is the latest victim. She died yesterday afternoon after being hit near York University. But most victims are Zoomers because older people are more likely to die of their injuries. Does it mean that the city's much-vaunted five-year initiative Vision Zero is not working, or not working fast enough? One city councillor, Kristen Wong-Tam, has introduced a motion to have Vision Zero, which is the plan that is supposed to drastically reduce traffic fatalities, completed in two years. Meanwhile... Another politician, Works and Infrastructure Committee Chair Jay Robinson, says the plan is already ahead of schedule. So today we're going to look at the view from the streets. We welcome gerontologist and a member of the Walk Toronto Steering Committee, Maureen Cole, uh, Maureen Coyle, excuse me, and Adina LeBeau, chair of the downtown chapter of CARP. Ladies, welcome. Thank, Thank you, Libby, and nice to talk to you again, Adina. Thank you. Okay, so um, let's start with this. Uh, first of all, what is your reaction, Maureen, to five deaths in one week? Well, five deaths in one week is is never acceptable. And that's the whole point about the zero in the Vision Zero, is not that there's an expectation that overnight after you adopt a particular policy that you're going to have no more fatalities. It's the explicit statement that no fatality is acceptable and that all resources have to be focused on getting that those numbers of fatalities and serious injury down. So, Adi- uh, sorry. So, sorry, pardon me. Adina, what's your initial reaction to this? It's not surprising to me at all uh, it, it, that uh, there are these fatalities. Uh, the, the times, the crossing times, the uh, separation between the pedestrian crosswalks as they exist now all lead to traffic conditions, people distracted, uh, turning left, lead to traffic conditions that are conducive uh, to accidents. And mm-hmm. uh, I believe that we do have to speed this up. This uh, Vision Zero was passed in Sweden in 1997. That was 20 years ago, and we here in Toronto adopted it last year. So, yes, I agree. Um, Maureen, uh, have you seen anything on the street that uh, you think is an improvement? I mean, have you seen evidence of these improvements that are apparently on the way and ahead of schedule? Well, that's a tricky question to answer. I mean, first of all, I have to say that I completely agree with what Adina has just said. Um, I would go further and say that what the city passed last year is actually Vision Zero Light. Uh, and the main problem with the Vision Zero as passed with the City of Toronto is they committed $80 million 
over five years. Uh, whereas uh, if you look at other jurisdictions in North America where they have had, uh, they've committed uh, more significant funds, like uh, if, for example, in New York City, where they, they allocated over $300 million in two years, and they have shown significant reduction in the number of significant injury and fatalities on the road. So the commitment of money and resources to changing the structure of the road, as Adina rightly said, talking about the crossing times for crosswalk, the placement of the crosswalk, and the infrastructure that puts pedestrians in conflict with cars. Those are all things that we know have a direct impact. The other thing is is road speed. And that's that's a significant point that we have not discussed yet. And that is, if you're only going to do one thing, which is not what I recommend, but if you're only going to do one thing to reduce fatalities and serious injuries, you drop the road speed. And in Toronto, where they have reduced road speeds, there is no enforcement of that reduction of road speed. So, for example, going out uh, across the viaduct in Toronto between uh, the West End and the East End, I saw one woman driving along at the posted speed of 40, and the traffic all around her was going significantly faster than that. So there has been no attempt. And they harass you. If you, if you are going the speed limit, you often get, you get tailgated, mm-hmm. you get honked at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, there's, a, there's a cultural problem that we have to address. But hopefully, and what we've seen in other places where they have adopted this kind of strategy to reduce fatality and serious injury, there, there is it is possible to change the culture, but you've got to put your money where your mouth is and you have to put your resources where your mouth is because this is unacceptable. If you look at the way at the places where the fatalities this week have played out, those are all areas that are that are underserved and uh, for pedestrian. The pedestrian infrastructure is not there for them. Uh, the the dominant mode of traffic has has been uh, designed. Cities have been designed since the Second World War for cars. And we're starting to wake up to what kinds of problems we inculcate when we accept that. So we accept that we're going to have populations divided. Uh, and that, when you're talking about older populations, is particularly problematic because that leads to isolation. It leads to greater illness burdens and, and uh, premature death okay. in a lot of places. Maureen, I'm going to give the numbers out again because I really want to hear from our listeners, uh, particularly Mm -hmm. about whether they're living near difficult intersections. I mean, the the intersection where that horrible horrible crash that killed a young woman and her child, uh, you know, it it was a a huge amount of of walking to do to get Mm -hmm. to the light. And, uh, you know, it's easy enough to say, why didn't they cross at the light? Yeah. But but it's it's a a big hassle. So I really want to hear from the people who are listening. Uh, do you have issues with the crosswalks in your neighborhood? Do you ever change your plans, or or you don't go for a walk because it's it's difficult to deal with? Um, what are your issues with the way streets are set up now? I mean, you have a bike lane, you have cars turning right. Uh, uh, beyond the bike lane, uh, there's just a lot happening there, and, and we really want to hear from you. The numbers, 416 
toll free 1-866-744-740. I'm here with Maureen Coyle from Walk Toronto and Adina LeBeau, the chair of the downtown chapter of CARP. We are talking about the um, uh, the pedestrian carnage, uh, and we want to hear from you about what's going on in your neighborhood. Um, again, the numbers four one six three six zero zero seven forty. Toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. And Adina, do you agree that it's a matter of money? Uh, it is a matter of money, but it's also a matter of intention. There are things that we can do in the short term uh, to facilitate a faster uh, rollout. Uh, the stats are showing that uh, collisions, some of the collisions and fatalities, uh, you know, nine out of the 14 were driver error, four were pedestrian. And I think, you know, without spending a lot of money, we can take a look at placement of pedestrian crosswalks and buttons that a computer can allow us more time for crossing uh, and other intermediate goals that don't take a lot of money that can be done immediately. So when when you say pedestrian error, do you mean not crossing at the light? Do you mean um, crossing after the time said time's up? Uh, those are those are what is considered pedestrian error in the seniors community. You know, we've heard from many seniors. There's a Loblaws across the street. There's three towers of buildings. They have to walk two blocks down or two blocks up to cross with the light, and then walk another two blocks to get to the Loblaws, which is just across the street. And many of them uh, don't have the mobility to be able to do that. Wow. Okay. Can I, can I interject here for just one second? Sure. Um, there's there's a really important point about you know I, I don't I don't contest anything that Adina has said, except uh, that there's a really important point in the Highway Traffic Act that is misunderstood in the public, and uh, that unfortunately has been used by politicians who uh, either knowingly or unknowingly replicate this misunderstanding. It is not in fact illegal for a pedestrian to cross the road, even when it's not at a crosswalk. Um, and that has, you know, that this this uh, this idea of ticketing ticketing jaywalkers is uh, has added to this. I would suggest anybody getting a ticket for jaywalking needs to go and visit their magistrate on the day that comes up in court because it is a that is a spurious uh, uh, ticketing. Well, uh, illegal or not, it's something that's very dangerous. Obviously, absolutely. yeah, absolutely, and and you are quite right when you point out that that uh, the intersections in some of the instances we've seen this week are egregious. When you have to go more than than half a kilometer to get to a safe crossing, and you've got a small child or you're elderly, uh, anybody with any hip pain, anybody with any any kind of infirmity, whether it's transient or permanent, those are all things that are going to make those uh, those 500 meters to that safe crossing difficult to impossible. So that's why the, the crossing the, the road, even in the cases where we're talking about crossing Warden, where there's, that's five lanes of very fast-moving traffic, that looks more appealing than going the 500 metres to a safe crossing. Okay, uh, let's get to the phones. We've got Helen in Toronto. Hello, Helen. Hi. I've been on a binge trying to get the, um, the city to repair, in other words, restructure two terrible, terrible intersections. One is, and they're both um, in the North York area, one is Charleswood and Dorchester, 
mm-hmm. where you have to be in the middle of the road to see if anybody else is coming. They approved that two years ago, and I've been on the tail of the city, the tail of my counselor. I've called Mayor Tory's office. That place is waiting for a tragic accident. The other one is Bathurst and Fairlawn, and the... Um, the, uh, the two, like the intersection isn't straight. It's like you go halfway and you go south and then you go halfway again. It's one of those broken intersections. And when I'm coming across that way, I never know whether I should be going or not because you got the red light. Yeah. Uh, and when I talked about that, they said, oh, yeah, we know about that problem. Great. I'm glad you know about it. Now do something. Yep. That's uh Thanks for that. That's a that's a good question. Yeah, you know about it. Why don't you do something? Thank you, Helen. Take care. Bye. Okay, uh, we've got Margaret in Kitchener. Hello, Margaret. Oh, hello. I just have a comment. I I haven't been going out now for well, five years. Wow. Ever since I can't run the way I used to when I was twenty, I I don't trust anybody anywhere. So. Wherever I go, even if it's just across the road to the to the mall, I take a cab. That's how that's how bad I'm in Kitchener. Yep, mm-hmm. and it's in and and you think it's bad in Kitchener as well. So it's oh, a culture oh, yeah. thing. Yeah, they're, they're they're. I think it's a toss up of who's the craziest, Kitchener or Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're all nuts. Well, okay. <laughs> the it's... drivers, everyone's trying to get someplace, and uh, and for fear they're going to get hit, and that's when they get hit. Yeah. Um, Margaret, I, I hear you. Um, I'm, I'm glad that you're still getting out, even if it has to be in a taxi, because it's important to keep doing that. Yeah, it's just across the road. The mall's across the road, and I will not cross that street. Wow. No okay, Margaret, thanks for that. Okay, thank you. Um, ladies, um, Adina, do you think there are a lot of people in that situation, like literally afraid to cross the road? Absolutely. Absolutely, and that leads to social isolation, and social isolation leads to uh, death. death. And uh, we want people out. We want to make it easy for people to get out. Uh, and, you know, the barriers to somebody getting out to, you know, a shopping center uh, is, is ridiculous in, in this day and age. Uh, and, and this is simply, you know, the people working in traffic and safety uh, going out of the office and standing on some corners and taking a look where new developments are going up and uh, being able to see where volumes of people uh, will be living and where they're going. It's not rocket science. Okay, uh, let's hear from Rick in Toronto. Hi, Rick. Hi, I just about hit a, a, a student at, at uh, Seneca College walking across a red light not paying attention. Like it's, These people have to get, get real and understand what's, what's involved with traffic. And that Warden Street, that's one of the busiest and most worst roads where there's more accidents there than anything else. Those people should have walked the distance to, 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 to the light there at the Shell Station or even Ellesmere. It's not that far of a walk. Well, for, for some people, it actually 
is that far to walk? I think you're making a good point. I mean, we were talking here about Zoomers, about older people, um, and I do notice a lot of younger people who walk without paying any attention, earbuds, face in in the device, and, and you know, it's just, it's dangerous. But, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's as, as we were saying, it's, um, it's easy to judge because if you have small children walking all that time or if you you have mobility issues it's it can be difficult i think they made there's a lot of people making mistakes out there they just don't care they cross kitty corner you go to turn right you look at the you look you look there there's nobody there you look left to go turn right and then all of a sudden this person crosses on an angle and you're already going forward and and you run right into them it's stupidity on their part well, they're too lazy to walk to the corner where they're supposed to cross. Okay, I'm and that's I'm, what the problem is. It's I'm, education. It's education. Yep, uh, yep. I'm going to let um, Maureen respond to you. Thanks, Rick, for your call. Um, Maureen, I guess part of that is the actual design, right? Yeah, a lot of it does come down to, to actual design. Uh, where, where crosswalks are not following what's called the desire line, that is the, the way that people normally go from one corner to the other, sometimes uh, road engineers are, you know, to, to take a Dina's point, they're not going to these intersections and they're not looking at what people need to do. So they will they will create a, a line of, or for the zebra crossing, for example, it's done at an angle that makes no sense in terms of the way people are actually using the space. They want to go from this point to this point, not this point to some other point that has, you know, might look better, but it's not actually helpful. You know, Dina raised another really important point when she talked about the new development because that's where we're seeing a lot of problems as well because uh, developers are being allowed for some reason to encroach on what what's called the pedestrian space uh, and build right to the sidewalk. And also with that, uh, there's the, the additional problem of um, the accommodation for the, for the parking, the underground parking. So you've got you've got multiple kinds of so it's not just the intersection near the intersections. It's also the points where tra- any traffic is coming into the the driving lanes uh, that come into conflict uh, conflict with pedestrians. And just about the um, the, the, the thing about the mobility, the, the I'm sorry, the the uh, the technological devices, so the cell phones and the earbuds and so on. That's not the kind of, of device we're seeing with the older population. They are not walking across the streets with earbuds. No, in. no, They're I know. Those so are, they, that's millennials. <laughs> but even with the millennials, Libby, I mean, there was a massive study done in the U.S. just released last fall that looked at, that said 0.07% of all Americans, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of fatalities, 0.0% is related to a pedestrian using a mobile a mobile device a mobile phone well, or, I, or any other kind of distraction. Well, so I got, it, I've got to tell you though that um, you know it, it's maybe it's endemic to our area, Liberty Village. But it, and thank God I haven't heard of anything happening. Uh, but but I come through four way stops. My colleagues do. We drive slowly, so it's not an issue. But but it it makes me a little crazy because I see these young people. And they are not watching where they are going. They are leaving it to the drivers to take care of their safety. They got earbuds. They're looking at their devices while they're walking. And I know there have been uh, police and other people who who have flagged this as a potential problem. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not saying it's a not it's not a an issue, but it's not 
even close to being one of the major players in what we're talking about here. Um, and, you know, just to, to look at those, uh, you know, how those things get reported quite often, quite often, it's not the person who is hit who is examined or asked about their use of, of, of cell phones or any such thing. It's the driver. And that means that the, that data is somewhat skewed. Okay, I'm going to bring Constable Vic Kwong into the conversation. Uh, Constable Kwong, uh, I see from statistics that September, October, November are the months where uh, there are most likely to be these terrible crashes. And, you know, I'm looking outside. It's beautiful. So why is that? Uh, well, there, there's, it's not just one reason. There's many different reasons uh, why why this happens, whether it be weather, whether it be that uh, September we're now heading back into full work season after a summer off. There's many different reasons. It's not just one. Uh-huh. And uh, is, that, is that it? People aren't paying attention, heading back to work, distracted? Well, I mean, I, I usually... Um, the, Let's shall we say first snowfall. People are more cautious that day when they're walking. Oh, you know the road is slippery. But then uh, as the as the season progresses, you become a little bit more complacent. It could be the same thing. Um, I'm not saying that this is the reason why, but uh, it's a multitude. It can't just be um, down to one factor. Um, like you said, it, the the weather's great at that time. The uh, sun is shining uh, decently. It's not like you know a dull. Um, early spring. So it, there's many different reasons. Um, now, Councillor Jay Robinson pointed out that even though this was just a horrible week with five deaths, the death toll uh, year to date is 25. And last year at this time, there were 43. So Constable, do you see this as big progress? Or how do you how do you view it? So actually, I, I want to uh, make a clarification. The year to date, uh, as of today, is 26. And okay. compared to the year-to-date last year, which mm-hmm. was 31, we ended off the year with uh, 43. Okay, so, so we have a wrong number there. Thank you very much for clarifying that. No worries. Um, you know, yeah, some people can take a look at the stat and say, hey, hooray, we're doing better than last year. But really, you got to face the fact that that is still a death, and one is really too many. Um, and that is what the city's uh, Vision Zero is all about, trying to drive these numbers down to zero. Um, so yes, although statistically we are doing better than last year, still one death is more than anyone wants. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try to uh, get a call in, at least one. Uh, we've got Bob in Etobicoke. Hi, Bob. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Not bad. What I notice is um, some people as they're really not paying attention to crosswalks, but there are crosswalks that are more critical than others because there's more traffic, and there's a different type of traffic. A lot of senior citizens um, in certain areas and a lot of young kids. Now, with crosswalks where they have problems, maybe the crosswalk should be more of like a railroad crossing where an arm comes down where a driver, even if he, he's not paying too much attention, he's going to have an arm in front of him, and he'll wonder what the hell that is. Now, the arm, as it goes down for the traffic, it should come up on the sidewalk to allow the pedestrian to go when it's clear. I, I'm not sure where we'd hang these from, but it's, it's well, a thought. Well, you on the post, because you, you have posts already there to hold the lights up for the crosswalks. 
Okay, so that's a thought. That, Thanks, know. Bob. Okay, thank you. Bye. Okay, okay, Bill in East York. Hi, Bill. Hi. So, interesting, your last caller, more infrastructure always seems to be, you know, the answer and more money. I'll tell you one thing that would be the answer, photo radar. Put it up on East Side Street and start making people slow down. You know, I live by the bike lanes there, and I got a crosswalk in my community. I've contacted Janet Davis, you know, to go hide by head in the 905 sand. And I just talked to an officer, Ferguson, this week at 54 Division. Mm-hmm. Three times I've contacted them to get radar put at this site. Janet Davis's office flatly refused to do anything. This guy tells me, oh, they do it all the time. Well, it's strange. I walk my dog, all the neighbors around there, nobody's ever seen them. So they, they refuse to take any action to calm drivers. And I notice now with the bike lanes in there, people are losing their minds on the side streets. They're just swinging through there. And they won't do anything to curb their behavior. What they will do is they'll put speed bumps in at a cost of 25000 Well, my suggestion is put up photo radar and make people pay. It's, it's an interesting thought. Thanks, Bill. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, uh, we're basically out of time on this, um, so I'm going to wrap it up. A big thank you to Maureen Coyle and Adina LeBeau and Constable Vic Kwong. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.